My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number 88. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Well, hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I am so thrilled that you've shown up here today because we are talking about webinars again. Now, I know I've talked about webinars a lot in past episodes, but this time I have a special guest and I have a really cool strategy to share with you. My special guest is Tim Page, and Tim Page is the conversion educator over at Lead Pages. If you've ever been on any webinars that I've done about Lead Pages, you likely have heard from Tim because he is the host of all the Lead Pages webinars. He's also the host of Conversion Cast, which is the Lead Pages podcast. Really great podcast. You definitely want to check it out. Now, this is going to be a shorter episode because I've invited Tim on the show to talk about one very specific strategy he uses on webinars. And it's something that I don't typically do. And again, I always invite guests on where I could learn as well because I want to be in the trenches with you learning this stuff. So it's something that I'm going to apply to my webinars and I'll report back and let you know how it's going once I get this kind of up and off the ground and actually I feel comfortable with it. It's a strategy that could be awkward in the beginning for you as a presenter, but really valuable for your audience. I don't want to give it all away. It has to do with engagement, of course, but beyond that, I'll let Tim explain it. Now, before we get there, I want to tell you that this episode is sponsored by meetedgar.com. Now, meetedgar.com is my tool of choice for social media scheduling. The reason I use it is because it saves me so much time in terms of getting posts up on social media. I specifically use it for Facebook and Twitter, but you can go beyond that with other social media sites. But the reason I love it is because it's all about repurposing old content. So if I want to post about this episode, I can put it into Edgar and it goes into a library. So I can create a really great post in terms of the text and the image. I put it into Edgar and then it posts today and then it will post again and again and again based on how I want to schedule my post. So I'm creating a library versus just the one and done kind of post where you put all this effort into it and then you only send it out on Facebook one time. Like those days are gone. 
the library is where it's at. So if you want to check out Meet Edgar for free, you can go to meetedgar.com forward slash Amy, and you can get started today with a special offer. So thank you, Edgar, for sponsoring this episode. And let's go ahead and dive in and hear from Tim on his very cool webinar engagement strategy. Let's do this. Hey, Tim, thanks so much for coming on my show. I really appreciate it. Hi, Amy. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. This is a real treat because you and I have been working together throughout the last few years doing so many webinars together about lead pages. And now I want you to talk about some of your mad webinar skills because you do have skills. Boom, boom. Gotta <laughs> do the webinars. <laughs> Seriously, like <laughs> webinars are your thing. Now, I already gave you a really good intro in my intro, so people know all about you. But I want you to talk about the fact that you like are doing webinars all the time. Like how many have you done in the last few years? So um, I've been with Lead Pages 22 months as of today, and uh, I have done over 410 webinars now. Okay, that is insane. Yeah, I'm waiting right now. The, the um, application is pending for the Guinness Book of World Records for most webinars done in a 12-month period, which was over 250 for me. Holy cow. Yeah. I cannot wait till we can say you are a Guinness World Record holder. That is like the coolest thing ever, right? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It was just a goofy idea I had to apply. and I, But I was like, oh, there's got to be somebody that, that has done more. But I, I asked around. I could not find anybody that had even come close. So I figured, why not? Let's go for it. That would be a fun thing to be able to say. Super fun thing. And I know you're married with a little boy, right? That's right. A two-year-old boy. His name's Owen. And he is... Whew, he's going to be real trouble when he gets older. <laughs> like his dad. Oh, yeah, something like that. Well, if you weren't married, the whole Guinness World Record holder could be a really good pickup line. So that's you, right. you well, kind of missed your your chance there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I hold the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> Ooh, what for? Webinars? Oh, I got to go over here. Exactly. It is the super <laughs> nerdiest thing ever, but we love it. I mean, I hold the Guinness Book of World Records for the most comic books ever read. I mean, come on. Like, this is. <laughs> wait, yeah, you really do? No, no, oh, no. Oh, I was no. going to say, wait no, a second. It's on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> it is the same level for sure. But because I'm nerdy like you, I mean, it would totally work for me, just so you know. And also, you do something really cool. This is a uh, little extra on your bio, you do voiceovers. I do, yeah. I've done a bunch of video games and uh, commercials, and uh, I've done over 600 podcast intros and outros. Oh, wow. I had no idea. That's yeah. really cool. I have to say, every time I hear your voice, it's like, oh, I just love it. It makes me feel <sighs> calm. Do people tell you that? I, I hear that a lot. It's really, it's a nice compliment. It's what got me started in it in the first place, and um, it's led me down this really, really fun journey, uh, to something that, boy, I've just really loved. I got to, when I was watching TV with my family, we got to see a commercial for a Disney toy come on, which I did the commercial for. And it was so much fun okay. to watch my son light up when he saw it. Yes. What is the Disney toy? So I can look for it. Yeah. It's, um, it's called the Stellosphere. It's miles from Tomorrowland's little Tomy ship thing. Okay. And, uh, and it's really fun. You hear me all exuberant talking about miles from Tomorrowland. You know, it's really fun. <laughs> okay. I will be listening. I'll kind of get super excited. I don't think my family will understand, <laughs> but that's really a cool thing. So I'll be looking for it for sure. Well, today awesome. I brought you on the show because I wanted to talk about your unique style with webinars. As you know, I have a webinar program out and I love teaching webinars, 
and you do something that I don't do. And it's something that I'm looking to do more of. And that is that you create amazing engagement throughout your entire webinar. Now I talk about engagement and I ask my audience questions like on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about this? Or different things are baked into my presentation, but you take this to an entirely new level. So I want you to set this up for us because what's cool on your own podcast, Conversion Cast, you talk about this and you get down to specifics and metrics and stats and I love that. I don't love it for me. I actually hate doing that stuff, but I love that you do it. So break it down for us. Tell us what you learned. Yeah, so early on when I first started doing webinars, um, one of the issues I always had was that myself as an attendee of webinars, it always felt like, you know, people would do the 45 minutes of content and then an offer and then a Q&A. And the only opportunity I had to to say anything in that webinar as an attendee was at the end in the Q&A. And it always felt like I was watching a 45-minute long YouTube video and then somebody started answering questions. So Early on, I wanted to test the idea of what if instead of waiting until the end, uh, I just took every opportunity that I could throughout the process of presenting a webinar, uh, I took every opportunity I could to look over in the questions box and start answering some questions live as we went, as long as they were relevant and they weren't, you know, off topic things. And what I found was that in doing that, in answering questions, not only did I see uh, a 98% uh, stick rate, meaning 98% of the people that uh, joined the webinar in the beginning stuck around all the way until the end. But I also saw in one split test, I saw a, a triple, tripled revenue from one webinar to the next. Wow. It was the same affiliate partner, the same uh, exact presentation and the same traffic source. So it was literally nothing changed other than the fact that on webinar number one, I didn't answer questions until the Q&A. And on webinar number two, I answered questions throughout the whole webinar. That is so crazy. I mean, that's a huge uptake there. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And the second webinar had 130 less uh, attendees than the first webinar. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about this a little bit because one of the reasons I don't do the answer questions in the middle of my webinar is because I do get into a flow and I want to make the presentation amazing for them. I practice in advance. And so when I start going, I feel like sometimes when I stop to look at the Q and a, um, it rattles me a little bit. And so when I first heard you starting to talk about this, you did say it's something you kind of need to work on a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was terrible at it at first. And in fact, you know, there are still days where I'm I'm not on top of my game with it and I sometimes slip up. And um, I've even had a couple of experiences where I would go to answer the question. I would answer the question and then I would like, you know, sometimes I've done the same presentation many times. Right. I, I would go and say something that I haven't even gotten to yet. <laughs> like I, I would like start saying something that I'm going to say, you know, in 15 minutes, but I would say it now because I got off track. It's going to happen from time to time. One thing that I found, and you are so good at this, and and I know that the people that I see that seem to be, uh, that seem to perform the best with their audience, they're the people that are genuine and they're real and they're people that you can relate to. Um, so I think that everybody can re relate to making a mistake and screwing up when people are sitting there paying really close attention to you. So what I always do is I say, oh my gosh. I just realized I just said something to you that I'm not supposed to say for another 15 minutes. Let's get back to where we were. And people, they laugh about it. They'll pick on me a little bit and I'll, I'll you know, respond to it. I find that that kind of 
genuine, just being a real person and not trying to be like this perfect presentation machine ends up causing a better connection with the audience. And that almost always results in more sales. Which is so very cool. And I love that you're talking about being transparent and you really are super real on your webinars. And I love that about you. Um, one thing that I did notice is that when I, so I've tried it just once and I haven't seen huge results yet, but I also was very awkward with it. So this is something I'm dedicated to continuing to do, not just to make more money on my webinars, but I did notice that I do feel people feel heard. And I know that's why you wanted to do it. They have a question in the moment. They, if they don't get it answered now at the end, it's not as powerful, right? The response they want. Yeah. It's two things. One is, is to make people feel like they're a part of something. It's actually something that, you know, they're there. It's they're part of the group and and they're being recognized. And the other thing is that, you know, a lot of times, especially when you're you're talking about something that can be somewhat of a complex topic like list building and doing webinars and Facebook campaigns, these things can can be complex to some people and to a lot of people. And, you know, if early on in the webinar, if I if I explain a concept like I say lead magnet, and I don't define that. And somebody in the audience has never heard that term before. If that, if I say lead magnet a hundred times throughout the whole webinar and they can't ask about it until the end, that can almost make the whole webinar pointless to them because they don't know what I'm talking about the whole time. So I want to be able to answer that question if it's something that that is important to them. But you're right. It is, it can be really awkward. I'll give you a few kind of tips for what I've been able to do and, and practice to get better Great. at doing that. Okay. So one thing is um, I'm really selective about the questions that I answer. Okay. I'm so glad you brought this up because real quick, don't forget you're going to talk about that because I had the situation where I wasn't sure, was I supposed to read a few real fast and then pick one in the moment? And then I didn't. And I answered one. I'm like, this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about right yes. now. Like he just threw out this random question and it totally got me off my game. So talk about being selective on the questions. Yeah, so I sometimes I will batch them together uh, and I'll, I'll, you know, just rapid fire answer questions because usually they can be a yes or a no answer. Yes. And if it's a yes or no, I'll go, I'll read the question and go, yes, you can do that. Or yes, that's right. Or no, don't do that. Um, but but yeah, I, I think that it comes down to what is going to be a question that if you answer it, it is going to seem completely out of left field and destroy the, the flow and the momentum that you've built up. And I try to... I'll tell you something that that works a little bit is in the beginning, I will ask people to um, when they ask their questions, keep them relevant to the content we're talking about at that point in the webinar. Ooh, good one. OK. And I also tell them that if they have questions that aren't relevant to the content we're talking about, they can still ask them. But please understand, I won't answer them until later when they are relevant to what we're talking about. Okay, cool. So you do kind of preface that in the beginning and then you made a good point. This is something I've watched him do many times that I'm going to experiment with. And that is that you find a place to look at the question. So you're in your zone, you're doing your webinar, and then you go over to the comments and you're right. You do like a rapid fire three or four bang, bang, bang. And then you go back. And so right. it doesn't feel like every five seconds you're stepping, stopping to answer a question from somebody. And I think that's important. I think as you know, the flow of a webinar is important and people need to know that you keep moving forward and you've got stuff to share with them. So I like the rapid fire for a few seconds and then coming on back. Also, one thing that you do is you say, oh, Jane is asking da da da, or Rick is asking whatever. And I think it's important that we're calling out people's names as we're answering their questions. Would you agree? 
Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because with the webinars we've done together, you know, we have the names. With our webinars that we do internally at Lead Pages, we actually don't get their names. I ask them to give me their names as we go. Oh, okay. And often I'll ask them to give me their name when they type the question, but if they don't, I will just read the question. But when there's a name, if you have it, you should absolutely use it because again, people feel special and you've used their name, which is so it seems dumb, but it's precious to us. So it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe so-and-so just like, you know, addressed me. It's so true. And you know, so many people do automated webinars and I have my own automated webinar always running in the background of my business. But when I do live, I want people to know I am here live because there is a huge perception of, am I going to stay, pay attention the whole time? Is this really real? Which we all know automated webinars are just as good, but when someone's there live, there's a lot of value there. So if I'm saying someone's name, I'm really going to take advantage of that to let them know I'm here with you. This is live. I'm excited about this. So I always play that up. And one thing I did notice, Tim, that when I I played with this just one time and just a little bit so far, and when the name started coming in, in terms of buyers at the end, my team will send them to me via Skype while I'm still live on my webinar. And I knew every name because I had already called them out in questions. And that's when I knew, okay, Tim's on to something. Yep, I've noticed the exact same thing. You know, there's another part to that too, is that when you call out their name, you know, teachers do this. You know, like school teachers will do this. They'll notice somebody's not paying attention (laughs) and they'll just say that person's name. And now that person will pay attention again because they don't want to be caught off guard. Yes. And it it gets people to just sit there and pay attention. You know, you're, you're providing a lot of value. You're helping people with what you're doing on the webinar. So, you know, do the best to keep their attention, call out their name, answer their questions. It really does work wonders. It does. I love that. Also, um, I think that you probably just get better at becoming like a speed reader through those questions because you don't want these big, awkward pauses while you're trying to look at questions, right? That's right. Yeah. And and it's what, what I found works for that is as you're preparing your webinars, you're creating your deck and you're you're practicing it. Find little spots where it seems like it would be okay to insert a few questions in there. Like you, you, you're in the middle of a section and you've just finished bullet points and it seems like there's going to be a little transition. That's a great spot to just look over and answer a few questions that are relevant to what you just talked about or even ones that might just help people grasp what it was that you just talked about. And then you transition into the next spot. That's a great Point. I would say if you're starting out and you want to just get started answering questions, if you've got a webinar that's like part one, part two, part three, part four, or step one, two, three, four, five, after each step is a great spot to stop and answer some questions. And then from there, you can evolve to where as you're going, if there's a question that catches your eye and you're like, oh, I bet a lot of people want to know this, you can be kind of in the middle of it going, and, you know, John wanted to know, blah, 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 perfect time to ask that and then answer it. And then boom, you're back into the thing. Ooh, nice. Okay. So Tim is a great example of you do get better as you do hundreds of webinars, because if you want to see this in action, Tim, I'm going to link to one of the webinars that we've done together before. So people can kind of see how you do this and really get a good understanding. It will be one of our lead pages webinars. So if you've never used lead pages before, if you want some advice in terms of how to use it, maybe you have the tool, but you want some ideas, we've got a really cool webinar you can check out but also you can see his flow. It is flawless. And I'll give you a hint that he does something super weird on webinars that um, (laughs) he actually never goes full screen. 
So I don't know if I've ever asked you, why don't you go full screen? Which for those of you who don't understand what I mean, you literally see all the little squares of his slides to the left, but then you see the main slide in the middle, but he never like goes full screen. So one slide at a time is taking up the whole screen. Why do you do that? I would love to say that there's a tactic behind it, (laughs) but in reality, it was in the beginning, it was my fear of like not being sure what, uh, what was next. And, uh, so I, in the first few webinars, I noticed that clay, our CEO, who was kind of my mentor for webinars, I noticed he did the same thing and I never knew why he did it, but I just followed in his footsteps. And, um, now it works out great because I bounce back and forth between slides. I really, a lot of things will go, Oh, here's something I want to talk about. And I'll go back 10 slides. And that's so hard to do if you're full screen. It is. Plus, I go back and forth between the internet and oh, you uh, do. and the slide deck all the time. And that's a little more complex if you're in full screen mode. That is true. But I wanted to bring that up, not because Tim's got this amazing strategy that's going to get you <laughs> 10 times more sales if you don't go full screen. However, I talk about webinars a lot and I give you strategies and I tell people phases of webinars. But one thing I don't talk a lot about but I want to make sure people understand is that you got to find your own style and you got to do what works best for you. And it might not be the traditional style. And, and I usually stick to the rules and Tim totally is doing something different than most everybody does in terms of not going full screen. And it's funny because if I don't tell people when we start a webinar together, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, his screens aren't full screen yet. Like he needs to switch it. Like people freak out. So he's always reminding me like, Amy, tell him that I'm weird or whatever before we get started. But I think it's really cool. Tim does amazing webinars, has huge, huge success with conversions on webinars, and he has his own style. And I think you're a great example, Tim, in terms of do what feels good to you, where you're going to feel confident and come across really like, this is my style. This is how I do it. And I've got amazing stuff to share. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for being on the show. I wanted just to share your really cool strategy. You got amazing results with it. I think we all should engage more with our audience. We all have to find our own style. And I want to encourage everyone listening to definitely start answering a few questions throughout. I love Tim's strategy of maybe if you're doing steps after each step, take a minute or two to do so, and then you can ease into it. I promise to link to a great webinar in the show notes that Tim and I did together so you can see it in action. And again, Tim, I I consider you a great friend and thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, same goes to you. It's such an honor to be on the show. Thank you for having me on. Have a great day. You too. So there you have it. I hope you found this engagement strategies for webinars as valuable as I have, because it's something that you'll see me do more and more. I'm not totally comfortable with it yet. When I get in the zone of webinars, stopping to answering questions off the cuff is not my natural habit to do so, but it's something that I want to get better at because I see the value in it. Now, I want to tell you that you can check out Tim in Action with this kind of engagement webinar if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 88. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 88, I'll have a link to his webinar so you can check him out. Also, I want to thank Edgar for sponsoring this episode. So meetedgar.com is the tool that I use to schedule all my social media posts. And I use it during all my webinar promos as well. So anytime I'm doing a live webinar or if I'm doing an automated webinar, you can be sure that I will load up Edgar with all the different posts for social media to get people to sign up for my webinars. And the cool thing is 
If a live webinar is over, then I can go into the library and I can pause those live promos and I can also fill up the library with my automated webinar promos so that they're running every single week. So the cool thing with social media scheduling through Edgar is that you can do live promos and have them just go out during a certain period of time. And then you can fill up the library for the ones that you want to consistently go out week after week, and you get to schedule it all. You get to decide what's best. And if you don't know what's best, Edgar will suggest times for you, which is really cool. So remember, scheduling is all about more consistency in your business. And you know, when you're consistent, you're going to make a bigger impact and you're going to see more revenue. I really do believe there's a direct correlation. So check out meetedgar.com forward slash Amy to get your free offer to get started right away. Thank you so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to see you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.